You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, episode 16. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, president of Advisor Solutions. Do you know exactly what to do the next time you get an objection? Or do you find yourself stuck, not having a process and not being able to overcome objections at all? Well, let me tell you a quick story of what happened to me. Years ago, when I was a brand new financial advisor, and if you've been listening to these podcasts, you know I started in the business way back in 1993. So years ago, I was calling business owners. I would cold call them all day long, and I'd hear the same objection all day long, and I didn't even know it. And here's what I mean. I would call business owners, and they would say to me, why don't you send me some information? And I'd say, great. In fact, I even looked forward to it because I thought if I could send out 20, 25, or 30 pieces of information every day, it was a success. And so I'd send out my 25 pieces of information every day, and I'd call them back a week later. And I'd call them back and I'd say, hey, uh, this is Dan Finley with A.G. Edwards. I was with A.G. Edwards at the time. Hey, uh, this is Dan Finley with A.G. Edwards, and I just wanted to give you a real quick call. I called you last week, and you suggested that I send you some information. Well, I sent it out, and I was just kind of curious, would you like to get together? And they'd say, I didn't get it. Can you send it again? So I'd send it again. And a week later, I'd go through the same process, and I'd say, hi, this is Dan Finley with A.G. Edwards. I called you last week, and actually the week before, And I'd sent out some information twice, and you suggested that I send it because you hadn't gotten it. But at any rate, are you interested in getting together? And they'd say, you know, I did get that information, and I'm not interested. Click. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? Have you ever gone through that? Well, hopefully you have not, but more than likely, you have. And if this sounds familiar, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't have a process for handling objections. And they don't even know it. Or they don't want to admit it. You see, I had been doing that for four years before I realized that's just an objection. So what do you do? Well, you have two choices. You could keep doing what you're doing, and most likely you'll keep getting stopped out when you hear an objection. Or, second, you could learn how to handle objections. That's what we're going to talk about today, handling objections. So if you want to learn a process for how to handle objections, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to handle objections? Because unless you learn a process that's repeatable, you'll work twice as hard to get twice as far. You don't want to do that. Instead, you want to learn how to work twice as smart. So let me tell you a quick story that happened to me. About 10 years into my business, my branch manager asked me if I wanted to go to a sales seminar. And I thought, yeah, great. I'd never been to one. And as I was sitting there all day, we were covering different topics. And one of the topics was 
handling objections. And what dawned on me was that, wait a minute, there's a process for handling objections. And I never knew that. For a decade, I never knew that. And once I learned the process, I could apply the process. And once I applied the process, I got better results. So since launching Advisor Solutions in 2004, I've found that the second biggest challenge that advisors and agents and wholesalers and branch managers and even agency managers get is to handle objections. The second biggest challenge. The first biggest challenge is to handle rejection. And here's the thing. They're close cousins, but they're not the same. Let's face it. Most people don't fully understand what to do when they get an objection. They just don't know. And if you take objections as the end of the process, you're not doing yourself, the prospects, or clients any good by doing so. Rather, you should learn how to handle objections so you can look forward to them. That's right. I said look forward to objections because once you learn this process, you're going to want objections because it's the last step in closing the sale. So what we're going to do today is we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, the art of objection perception so that you understand the truth about objections and fully understand what objections really are. Second, the top three ways to handle objections. Any one of these ways will help you, but if you put them all together, it's a game changer. And third, becoming objection-proof. <laughs> it's a formula or a step-by-step -step process to understand how to desensitize yourself from the fear of objections. And get this, it's easier than you think. Now, before we jump into each of these three things that you're going to learn in this podcast, I need to ask you a couple of questions. What would your business be like if you knew exactly what to say when you heard an objection? Would you apply what you learn? Would you take your business to the next level? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. The Art of Objection Perception Understanding the Truth About Objections For most advisors and agents, not having a rebuttal to objections is very real. It doesn't matter if you're a rookie or a veteran. In fact, that reminds me of a story that happened the other day. I have a, a client, a, a client that is a 35-year veteran insurance agent, who said to me in our coaching session, he said, well, I had a meeting with the meeting that we strategized about with that prospect, and at the very end, it went really well, but at the very end, he said, I need to think about it. And I said, great, what'd you do? And he said, well, when I hear I need to think about it, I know they aren't going to do anything. So I just said, thanks, and I'll call you next week. And I was actually shocked. I, I said, wait a minute, do you think that's the truth? They're just going to think about it. And he said, no, probably not. They probably had an objection. So I said, if they didn't tell you the truth, then what should you do when you get an objection that's not the truth? And he said, the smokescreen technique. And I said, exactly. And what did you do? Not the smokescreen technique. 
<laughs> so we worked on a strategy for him to get back in front of them, in front of that person, and he did, which is good. So the problem with this is that with not understanding objections, is that most advisors and agents don't realize that it's a problem. And here's what I mean. Let, let me break this down for you so you can get a picture of what happens. So picture this. This is the most common objection process. One, you get an objection. You're going to get them anyway. You get them all the time. Two, you don't have a process for overcoming the objection. That's not good. Three, so you never prepare for overcoming the objection. Sound familiar? Four, so you don't overcome the objection. And five, as a result, you don't close the sale. And finally, six, then you repeat the process over again with the same objection. So you don't get through it. Does this sound familiar? Most advisors and agents go through this because they have kind of a warped perception of what objections are. So what I call the art of objection perception is this. How we perceive objections has an impact on how successful we are in overcoming them. How we perceive objections has an impact on how successful we are in overcoming them. Let me give you two scenarios. One is a positive scenario and one is a negative scenario of your perception of objections. Let's take a look at the negative perception of objections. The negative perception is that all or most objections cannot be overcome. So you don't overcome them. And that was the example that he went through, my client that is. The positive perception is that objections are just unanswered questions that have never been asked. And if if we can get ready for those objections, and if we can get the prospect to ask those questions, and we are ready for those objections, and we have a rebuttal because we worked on the process to overcome the objection, then we can handle the objection, and we can repeat the process every single time we get that objection. So, let's review the advisor solutions process. And this is uncommon, and it's the solution for handling objections. So picture this. This is the uncommon objection process, the advisor solutions handling objections process. One, you expect five objections. You know you're going to get them, so expect those objections. Two, you prepare for all five objections. Wow, now you come into that meeting prepared. Three, you get the objection. Four, you use the process you prepare for to overcome it. Five, you purposely try to find more objections. You heard that right. You're trying to find all the objections. Six, you overcome each one, each objection that you find. Seven, as a result, you close the sale. Eight, then you repeat the same process over and over again with the same objection because now you know how to handle the objections. Do you see the difference? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you're starting to get this. Now, all you need to do is learn how to handle objections. And that's what we're going to cover next. The top three ways to handle objections. 
Objections are a natural part of the sales process. Sometimes they're, they're used as a natural defense mechanism. And take, for instance, the last time you were in a retail store. <laughs> when you walked in, the first thing they did is they asked you a question. What was that? Can I help you find something? That's probably what it was. And what did you say? No, I'm just looking. That's probably what you did. <laughs> that is a natural defense mechanism because of why. Because you didn't want to be sold anything. People hate to be sold, but they love to buy. So your defense mechanism went up. And that's not even a legitimate objection. You probably were in there, and yes, you were probably looking around, but you probably did want to find something specific. You just didn't want to tell them. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to talk about the top three ways to handle objections. And although you might find a number of different objections that are there are really only three ways to get through those objections. Actually, there's a fourth, but I'll cover that in a future podcast. So let's take a look at the top three ways to handle objections. First, there's the smokescreen technique. Second, the objection resolution model. And third, feel, felt, found technique. Let's take a look at each one of those. The smokescreen technique. The smokescreen technique is just a polite excuse, or the smokescreen objection is just a polite excuse for people who don't want to tell you the real objection. I'm busy. Let me think about it. Hey, why don't you send me some information? Are all examples of smokescreens. So, the smokescreen technique is a way to get through that. And the way to get through that is simple. It's empathy, open-ended question, closed-ended question. Close. So an example would be something when someone says, you know, I, I just need to think about it. You would jump in with, I completely understand. It's a big decision. What is it you need to think about first? And they might say, I don't know. It just seems expensive. Is there anything else? No, it just seems expensive. Great. And then you go into the next strategy. You see, with the smokescreen technique, you're not really trying to get through the objection. You're trying to get to the objection. There's a big difference. You can't hit a target you can't see. And for years, I was doing the wrong thing. I thought what they were saying was true. An example would be if somebody says, I'm busy. I used to say to these business owners, I completely understand. Hey, would, when would be a better time for me to call you back? See, that wasn't the real objection. They weren't really that busy. They didn't really want me to call them back. And they would say something that wasn't true. Why don't you call me next week? And I'd call the next week. And they'd say, I'm busy. Why don't you call me next month? Why don't you call me in six months? And I kept putting these people out for a different time of when I was going to call. I'd put them in my CRM for six months from then. The point is, is that when you let the smokescreen objection be the objection you're trying to get through, you're shooting at the wrong target. Let me give you an example of what I mean. So it happened just the other day. I was speaking to a financial, an insurance agent, actually, who has been in the business for 15 years. We did a coaching session, a free coaching session. And at the end of the coaching session, I said, so can you see how all of these solutions would help you to get to the next level? And she said, yeah, I do. I, I see how it can work. And I said, great. Are you interested in coaching? She said, I am, but let me think about it. Notice what she just did. 
She gave me a smokescreen. There's something specific that's holding her back, an unanswered question. So I said, I completely understand, but I want to do something a little bit different before we go. And she said, what's that? I said, I don't want to do the smokescreen technique. And she said, what's the smokescreen technique? And I said, well, it's a way to find out the real objection. I don't want to do that. I want to show you how to do it so that even if we never work together, at least you're able to do it. Have you ever heard of anybody saying, I need to think about it? She said, it happens all the time. And I said, great, we're going to role play. What I would do if I was doing the technique, what I would do to find the real objection. She said, do you want me to really answer? And I said, only if you want to. <laughs> so we jumped in and I said, three, two, one, go. And I said, can you see how this can help get you to the next level? And she said, yeah, I can. Do you want to get coaching? Are you comfortable moving ahead? And she said, let me think about it. And I said, I completely understand. It's a big decision. What is it that you need to think about first? And she said, well, it's actually the price. I've got a lot of things going out right now. I'm a lot of money going out. And so I don't know if now's the right time because I don't know if I can afford it. And I said, is there anything else? And she said, well, I should talk to my husband since this is, you know, an investment. And I said, okay, great. Pause. We're out of role play. Quick question for you. Do you really need to talk to your husband? She said, I do and I don't. I mean, I kind of, but anyway, was that the real objection? Because I think it was. And she said, yeah, it definitely was. I said, great. That's how you find the real objection. So I gave her an example and she understood. And then she said, hey, I'm supposed to be in a meeting in one minute. So uh, I said, well, do you want me to show you how to handle the real objection, the core objection? We role play it again with what I know. She said, yeah, but can you do it in one minute? And I said, absolutely. But I'm not going to because I want to show you how to do this and I won't have enough time. So I left her on a cliffhanger and we're going to talk next week. I'm pretty confident she's going to be a client. She should anyway. The point is, is that when you know how to handle a smokescreen technique or know how to handle the smokescreen objection, you can do the smokescreen technique and it's not difficult at all. The second way to handle objections. So the objection resolution model is the second way to handle objections. And truth be told, it's my favorite. And here's why. It gets right to the point when you find the real objection. Remember, you can't hit a target you can't see. So when we find the real target, like it's expensive, then you know exactly what to do. If you know how to do the objection resolution model. So the objection resolution model is just a four-step process. It's empathy acknowledgement, best question, three benefits, and close. That's it. Empathy acknowledgement, best question, three benefits, and close. So now, if you find someone that has an objection, like it seems expensive, you jump in with empathy acknowledgement. Let me show you all four together in a role play. <laughs> I'll just jump right in. And here's what it would sound like. Three, two, one, go. So it just seems expensive. I completely understand. In fact, it's, it's not free. <laughs> but I'm kind of curious. Do you know exactly what you're getting for the price you've been paying? Uh, I'm getting coaching. You are. You are getting coaching. But in this case, you're getting a coach that's been in the industry as of right now for 29 years, that has been coaching for 18 years, that has actually a 473-page book that's published and another on the way, and get this, 
who coaches five hours a day. So I know your challenges and I know the solutions. Can you see why that's worth it? And most likely that person would say, yeah, I can. So the process here is empathy, acknowledgement, best question, three benefits, and close. And what you want to do is you want to identify at least five different objections that you hear all the time. The point is, is when you're ready to handle the real objection, it's not so difficult. Let's talk about the third way to handle objections. Next. The feel felt found technique. So this technique is really about a herd mentality that takes the spotlight off of the prospect or a client and puts it onto the story. And so here's what I mean. The way feel felt found is done, and you may have heard about this before, the way feel felt found is done is it's simply empathy acknowledgement. So let's go with I have an advisor. That's a pretty common one. If I were to do the objection resolution model, which we just talked about, it would sound like this. I have an advisor. I completely understand everybody I've ever talked to in the last 29 years had an advisor when I first met them. But I'm kind of curious. If there was one thing you could change about your relationship with your current advisor, if you could change anything, what would it be? I don't know. I never hear from her. Well, the reason I ask that is because that's exactly why I want to get together with you. Because I have a client servicing system, and my clients know when they're going to hear from me, when we are going to meet, and what we're going to talk about. So do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4 so I can show you my client servicing system? Which one's better for you, Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? So that's the objection resolution model. But let's take a look at how we can use that exact same objection in the feel-felt-found technique. It would sound like this. I have an advisor. I completely understand how you might feel that you're all taken care of. Some of my clients felt the exact same way when I first met them. But what they found was, when they got a second opinion, we realized how aggressive and how, how much risk they were actually taking with their investments and their insurance. And now they feel comfortable that they're not taking that kind of risk. Can you see why it's so important to get together and just make sure that you're not taking too much risk? Yeah, I guess. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or, or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? So it's just another process, and it's a process that's easy to do. And what's great about Feel Felt Found is that it breaks up the objection resolution model. So if you only have one process, you're doing yourself a disservice. So it's important to have the top five objections in both the objection resolution model and Feel Felt Found. Becoming objection-proof. Now, I mentioned that we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, the art of objection perception. Check. We did that. Second, three ways to handle objections. Check. We did that too. Now what we're going to talk about is how to become objection-proof. In other words, how to desensitize yourself to objections. Let me explain what I mean. There's four ways to do this. And actually, if you do all four, you're definitely going to become objection-proof. And here's what they are. First, embrace objections. Here's what I mean. When you embrace objections, you expect objections. You prepare for objections. 
you apply the techniques that we're talking about to those objections and you close the sale. Once you embrace objections and do that formula that I just talked about, expect objections, prepare for them, apply the techniques, you will close the sale and you'll become objection-proof. Here's the second way, understanding the objection why. And here's what I mean. Objections, as one client put it, are just unanswered questions. If somebody says to you, it's expensive, really what they're saying is, I don't see the value. But they don't ask the question, hey, what's the value for the price? Or if someone says to you, I have an advisor, what they're really saying is, I think I'm all taken care of. Why would you be a better fit for me? So objections are merely unasked questions. Another way to get through and objections and become objection-proof is to understand how to get desensitized to objections. In other words, what's your number? Here's what I mean. What is the number of times that you need to hear an objection that you're ready for before you look forward to that objection? So if you know exactly what to do, like I showed you, with the objections that we went over, and you practice this over and over again, if you hear it for the first time, it might feel a little uneasy. But if you hear it for the fifth time, and you know the previous four times you got through that objection, you're going to start to get to a point where you are basically objection-proof because you look forward to it. And let's go to number four, understanding that objections are a positive thing. <laughs> Most people don't understand that, but objections are a positive thing because it's the last step in closing the sale. And when you understand all of these, you become objection-proof, and you know how to handle objections. So I want to tell you one last story before we go. And it's a story that I've told before in a previous podcast, but it bears worth repeating. And here's why. Years ago, I worked with a financial advisor that was in the survival stage. He had been in the business for four years. He had only gathered $8 million in those four years. And if he would have been at other firms, they probably would have let him go. But we worked together, and he learned a lot of tools and techniques and had a lot of transformational moments in a sense that, he was getting to the next level a lot faster than he ever would have. And in fact, after a year of working together, he gathered an additional $17 million in new assets. And one of the ways that he did that was to look at objections in a positive light and actually look forward to objections by making a game out of it. And here's what he did. He expected objections. He prepared for objections. He applied the techniques to handle objections. And he closed the sale. So he was embracing objections. But he took it to one step farther. He took it to another step by making a game out of getting objections. You see, he looked at it this way. If he could get objections and he got through the objections, he'd get the sale. So he wanted objections. And every time he got an objection, he took a quarter and he put it into a jar. Now, here's the interesting part. At the end of the day, he'd count up the quarters. And he was trying to beat his record. And this was a few years ago. He told me his record was 27 objections in one day. The point of the story is, is that he not only became rejection-proof, but he applied what he learned 
and he learned how to handle objections. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions group coaching program or the Advisor Solutions individual coaching programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time. Thank you.